And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as always. And today I'm very excited to have a special guest with me today, Elise Cathery, who is one of the co-hosts on Spirit Coffee Talk, as well as a very intuitive medium, somatic pro. She really is the one that I go to when I don't know what to do with my emotions. And so today we're going to talk about Um, kind of the next steps on what spirit is bringing down the pipe. And what I mean by that is earlier uh, last month, I talked to, or I brought through a channeled message from spirit about perspective and how perspective really dictates our reality. And we have to understand our emotions to get into that. And then in cosmic consciousness that month, I talked about how the physical body and the emotional body are completely entwined with each other. And you can't really have one without the other. And that that is what helps bring our intuitive sense into reality or into being. Now, the thing is, is those are really great in principle. And it makes a lot of sense when we listen to it. But then there comes the practical application. And the practical application requires us to understand emotions, know how to get into them, what to do with it when you're in it. Because sometimes you're in this soupy pool of emotion and you're like, Mm, I don't know what to do. And so that's why, excuse me, that's why I'm so excited to have Elise here today because again, she really is just this like emotional pro who can really break it down in a tangible way to make sense with tangible tools. So all that to say, Elise, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Mm -hmm. I could talk about this stuff for ages as we know. Um, Yes. But- Yeah. And I wanted to say too, just before we kind of dive into it, when I've heard your messages and, and obviously, you know, we talk about these things a lot on Spirit Coffee Talk and even through my own kind of intuitive connections, get a lot of the same pieces of information. And when I've listened to your podcasts and attended that uh, cosmic consciousness, there's this deep resonance of like, yes, like you can feel that intuitive energy of like, yes, I love this. And it makes so much sense. And in that moment, you're like, oh, it's totally possible. And it feels so good. And then our human, we rub up against our humanness and the humanness, not that it's a bad thing, but I think the humanness and it's, you know, our cute little dense meat suits can, we can rub up against them um, and the challenges that they can uh, have, or we can face with them that then makes it feel like, oh, it's not possible to access those things. And it so is, I think it's just, we don't have the bridge um, a lot of the time. So it's like, for me, I really super resonate with all of these things from a spirit perspective. And then it's like, okay, how can we bridge that into our human experience? Because Mm -hmm. it can feel really disempowering when we rub up against the human experience and it's Mm -hmm. not feeling as aligned or clicking in the same way as those spirit messages do, where they make you feel so expansive and like, yes, anything is possible. 
And then our human experience is like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and it can feel really heavy, even though it totally is. It's just, yeah, that's just our, you know, that's just the 3D-ness that's yeah. kind of trying to bring it down into reality, but that doesn't always. Yeah, doesn't always absolutely. Happen. So, so here's a thought. So in that cosmic consciousness where I talked about emotional intelligence, one of the things that I brought through from spirit was in order to understand emotional intelligence, we have to first be able to identify the emotion. And I talked about a few that are really common of like shame, embarrassment, uh, judgment, joy, happiness, and there, there's so many more. And it was about being able to, first of all, understand what they are by a definition. And I used Brene's Brown Atlas of the Heart book, which is just such a great book for definitions of emotions, in case you're curious. Um, but if you can kind of shine a light here, Elise, on if someone is really stuck in a whirl, like a big trigger comes in and they're feeling all of the emotions, like sure, they could maybe identify them, but right now it's an emotional tornado around them and they can't pick one out. What would you say is step one when someone is hit with a trigger of something? And let's yeah. say a trigger, which is an opportunity to change perspective. Mm -hmm. What is step one? Mm -hmm. So I'll just back up first and say, I'm really excited that this is something that is being talked about more because it's not the sexy thing. Like feeling your feelings. Most people are like, uh, that doesn't feel good. I feel sad. I'm going to go do something to cheer myself up. And like, not wrong. That's what we've been taught to do. The, the feeling of the feelings is not the sexy thing. It's not the spiritually sexy thing. It's not necessarily even the fun thing, especially initially. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, don't know how I feel about this. Totally fair. Uh, I was talking to a client this morning. And as we were talking about, you know, certain feeling certain things and slowing down, she had an emotional like response to even just talking about doing that, not even doing the thing. So if you're feeling that, totally fair and normal because that's how we've been taught to be. We've been taught to be that way. So going back to your question about how do we, you know, we've got this thing that's come up. It's some big hairy feeling and we're triggered and we're upset. And usually when we're in the presence of a trigger, it's not, I feel joyful and light and happy and excited. It's, it's something icky. It feels some, it's heavy. It feels uncomfortable for me you don't even necessarily have to identify the emotion. A lot of people that I work with, when I'm like, what, what emotion would you be feeling right now? They're like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. And we don't know how to identify our emotions. Brene Brown's book is wonderful for that. It helps kind of unpack that. There's another thing I was just looking up. It's called the emotion sensation wheel. Um, that's a cool, it's made by Lindsay Brahman. Um, you can just do a quick Google. It's a pretty little wheel. And also can kind of help your brain to maybe narrow in some of the different layers of what you're feeling, because we also know there's first, there's secondary and kind of first emotions and, and roots, you know, oftentimes anger is, is a secondary emotion. Anger is something that's stemming from something else. So we can kind of help narrow down and get to the root of it that way. But for me, before you even have to identify, I'm feeling shame, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling sad one of the ways in can be through the sensations in your body. So for me, it starts with 
as I'm listening to this thing, I'm noticing I'm having a physical reaction in my body, right? And for most of us, we have some degree of connection because we feel hunger. We feel when we have to go to the bathroom. We feel when we're tired, right? We have some connection to the sensations in our bodies. What we've done is disconnected a little bit from when those sensations are linked to emotion because we're really good at disconnecting from what our emotions are saying. So it could be, I'm having this conversation or I'm feeling this like emotion or something's triggering me, what's happening in my body right now? And you don't even have to like dig right into it. You can, the way I like to explain it is like, you can stand back from it and just observe it. And sometimes how my brain likes to do that is like, I imagine myself watching my body and being like, okay, where are you noticing this? Okay. So we're maybe talking about anxiety. It's like, okay, I feel oh, there's a fluttering in my chest. It feels like there's like a lot of activity. And then, oh, it kind of changes to a tightening a little bit. And I'm noticing that tightening sensation. Ooh, that feels uncomfortable. Maybe I feel an urge to turn away from it. And in those moments where it feels really uncomfortable and it feels like you want to turn away from it, that's where I tell people, how can you find comfort? How can you create some comfort for yourself in that moment? So that could be can you go lay in your bed like, and snuggle into a warm blanket and just say, how do I need to hold my body right now? And literally just do whatever. You don't have to think about it. It doesn't have to make sense. It could just be, I'm going to curl up into a ball. I'm going to put my hands in my armpits, you know, Molly Shannon style, mm-hmm. and I'm going to like hold my body or I'm going to like flail around or I'm going to sway side to side while I'm just noticing bringing some awareness, but in a way that helps create comfort helps our nervous system and our brain to be like, Hey, it's actually okay to notice this. It's okay to feel this because what we've been taught is power through it. You're fine. Pick yourself up. You're good. It's okay. Take a deep breath, move on all well-meaning advice. But what that's doing is cutting us off from our ability to hold space for the shitty stuff that doesn't feel good. Um, one of my clients, we were talking about when you put your hand on a stove, the pain sensation says, Hey, there's something wrong. You notice that pain sensation. You pull your hand off happens really quickly. Emotions are the same thing. We just need to slow them down a little bit because what tends to happen is we so quickly are like, Ooh, it hurts. I don't like it. Pull the hand away, turn away, go do Mm -hmm. something else. When we burn ourselves, what do we do? Put your hand under the water, cool water help ease that sensation while you're processing, I probably shouldn't have touched the hot (laughs) stove, right? We do something to try and create comfort, but with emotions, we don't try to create comfort. We try to create numbing and disconnect from what just happened because our brains feel like, and our nervous systems feel like we don't know what to do with it. And that's Mm -hmm. just not true. We're just, we've, we've unlearned it. That is such a powerful example. That example is so perfect. Mm -hmm. So perfect because you're right. When we have that stimulus of the burning pain, we're like, Ooh, what can I do different next time to prevent this experience? Okay. I'm going to be extra vigilant and, you know, do this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. but you're right. Oftentimes we don't do that with emotions. We just want to not feel it because it's Mm -hmm. like, it's so visceral. And that's the thing I find with the emotional body, it moves and permeates all things. Whereas when we have a physical pain, oftentimes, not all times, but oftentimes we can locate it to the finger or wherever it is and hold it there. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it almost feels slightly separate from us, although we're feeling it, but it's like that part. Whereas I find emotions move through the whole being. Mm-hmm. So it's more uncomfortable. Totally. Yeah. In a, in a different way. Yeah. And it's, it's related to something within ourself, which has a more personal feel, right? So it's, it's like, oh, I'm not angry at the stove for burning me because how dare it? It's like, no, it was just doing its job. Mm-hmm. But when it's a person or something happens, it's usually triggering, you know, maybe a past experience of ours or some sort of unprocessed big T or little T trauma or like the things in the world where, you know, we feel really anxious and then we're kind of heightened already. And then something happens to trigger that even more. It feels personal. It feels about us when a lot of the times it's not. And when our bodies and our nervous systems don't know how to make sense of a perceived threat, we're going to just try and do anything we can to self-preserve. But the reality is with emotions, that self-preservation, yes, might help in the short term because it feels like, oh, okay, I don't have to deal with it, but it builds and it creates this foundation internally under time, over time that builds and builds and builds. And we kind of just move on with life, not realizing how it's driving the bus mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And I know on Spirit Coffee Talk, we talked about Dark Night of the Soul recently. And I said like, an uncovering in, in part of my dark night was realizing like, oh, this wound that I thought was just a small piece of my life actually permeates in almost everything. And that felt really overwhelming at first because my even doing this work, my default setting is, oh, I don't know how you can deal with that. But as I used my tools to support myself, it was like, no, you're okay. It feels mm-hmm. like a thing. And yes, it might be a perceived threat and it might be creating stress in your body and your experience. And it might have some icky emotions and Lord knows it's going to probably get triggered 7,000 times through this process of healing. You also are okay. You're not going to die. Like that's literally the basis Mm -hmm. of it. Am I going to die? Am I not going to die? Yeah. And we have this deep fear, which we could go down a whole rabbit hole of our fear of death, which I'm, you know, sure you've talked plenty about. Um, but that's all our nervous system is doing. That's all our brain is doing. And is it going to kill me? Is it not going to kill me? And if any part of me perceives it to be a threat to my safety, I'm probably, if I don't have ways to support myself, I'm probably going to do something to turn away from it or disconnect from it. But the body and the nervous system doesn't forget it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So then coming back to that first thing we talked about of like, the trigger happens. We're in an emotional response. You said to like comfort your body, whether it's like roll into a ball, get into a blanket, so on and so forth. So once we've established that body comfort where we can take a breath or maybe feel at least the threat is alleviated, but now we're still in the kind of body shock response, what would you say is kind of like step two? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of twofold. If we have a body that is often in a stress response, which a lot of us are because Mm -hmm. the world has created that. And it's not even necessarily like from trauma. It can just be from like over busyness and having too many commitments and feeling super, super, super taxed and like having, holding a million things on your plate that can also create that same experience. So on one trend, if that is your experience, that takes 
small steps over time to teach yourself to slow down. What that can look like is taking moments to connect with yourself in the present moment. Oftentimes I'll talk about like when you're washing your hands, like I'm really cold. So I would like have a warm tea. So it's like noticing the warmth of the cup on my hands. Oh, that feels really nice. And like breathing into that moment and noticing when you're experiencing moments of comfort, when you're experiencing moments of ease, starting to train your brain and bring awareness to that to kind of help that overall nervous system settling. With the the trigger thing specifically, so you've, you've held space for yourself. Maybe you've noticed that that experience has eased. I really love to be in conversation with my body. And and I'll say too, that sometimes this takes supporting, like getting support from someone. It's not necessarily a skill that's like super easeful right out of the gate. You have, we have to learn it, right? It's something that we've, we've untaught ourselves, unlearned. So if it feels like it's not working at first, (laughs) keep practicing or find Mm -hmm. somebody that can support you in that um, because it it does take time, but it's not inaccessible. It can be done. Um, so I would say, you know, holding space for your body, noticing that ease, noticing like, okay, we'll go back to the anxiety experience. I'm feeling really anxious in my body. I'm doing things to ground myself. I want to like, for me, when I feel really stressed, I'll often put my hand on my chest and like kind of at the base of my neck and put pressure on my chest. And then maybe I'm like, okay, what does my body want to do right now? It wants to like fold forward. So then I fold forward and I just notice what's happening in my body. As that experience starts to ease, we can start to be in conversation with that. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, sometimes it's helpful to connect to a loving space in your body. So you've really felt this intense, you know, uh, experience of anxiety feeling in your, in your chest or wherever it is. Okay. Now shifting towards where do I just feel like neutral in my body or where do I feel loving or where do I feel joyful and joyful and loving might not be accessible. So that's where I'll say like neutral. Where do I feel nothing? Where do I feel grounded? Where do I feel? It can really be any sort of neutral to positive sensation. Okay. I'm noticing that my feet on the ground feel really good right now. It just feels good to have my feet rooted in the ground and notice that. And you can move slowly back and forth between those two spaces what that's doing is helping us kind of renegotiate that experience. Sometimes we don't get a big piece of wisdom. We just get the experience of moving through that trigger, a settling in the nervous system, and then we can take a breath and then we can move into changing our perspective, changing our perception of reality. Okay. Now, actually I feel a lot better. It feels accessible to think about things differently. It feels accessible to see this experience in a different way. Sometimes through going back and forth between those two places can create a wisdom. It can, you know, you can ask your body, what do I need to know in this moment? What is something that you can tell me? What do I need to do to comfort myself? So it's not always going to lead you to an answer, but it can lead you to an answer. And this is where sometimes having that help or guidance Uh, or listening to a practice, like you can find lots. Um, I have a couple that I've recorded, but you know, you can find lots on even YouTube and things like that. Somatic practices. We even have one way back in the depths of spirit coffee talk 
a somatic practice for experiencing hard times. Um, I will, I'll link that one to this video at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or after this video, I'll link that one. Yeah. And it's a longer one. Um, and I think I use language because there was some, you know, hard stuff going on in the world, but you know, still is. (laughs) So still applies. Um, so, you know, you can use language that feels aligned for you, you know, regardless of what I say in the, the recording, but so you can just start to feel a sense of ease and through that ease in your body, you can start to turn towards, okay, what do I want to believe? And then sometimes you can also have pieces of wisdom through, you know, I was doing a somatic practice for myself on the weekend. There was a whole bunch of stuff coming up and this little snippet of wisdom came up. Nothing, nothing for me to do with it. Nothing for me to, you know, make massive change in my life. It was just like, okay, there's a little nugget that I'm going to carry with me. And then we kind of let those things roll around. And I know I'm, I'm speaking fairly ethereally in some ways, because the thing with, emotions and somatic work is it has to be slow and it has to be subtle and it has to be incremental because if it's too big and it's too much all at once that is literally the definition of trauma and so yeah. we can create a, a, a an over stressful situation through our own processing of things and that's where I love somatic work because it's inherently nervous system focused which means small baby steps little incremental pieces with comfort and supporting your body and your nervous system and your heart in, in feeling more peaceful and seeing that it's okay to experience things and we'll get through it, mm-hmm. even if it feels really hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Those are all really useful principles. And so then I want to, I want to touch on too, like one of the experiences, and I know I can only share mine, so I'll share mine, and then maybe you can share a couple other ways this can show itself, but I know that when I've gone through that process, and I've taken those incremental steps, and I've made those little changes, I can feel when my perspective starts to shift on what was a trauma, trigger, whatever it may be, now becomes understanding and is released in my body, is I start yawning. Like I know my body has shifted the energy when I start yawning a lot, right? And I know if I've done any sessions with you, when I start yawning at the end, I'm like, I got to go to sleep, right? And so then my body integrates it while I'm napping. Um, What are some other ways that people can recognize in their body when they've kind of targeted what it is, whether it's the emotion specific or finding the release for it or the peace for it? What are some things that you notice? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yawning is a big one. Sighing. Um, like if you notice when we're just like stressed in life and then you go and you'll just be like moving about your day and then you'll get all stressed and you'll sigh. That's the body, the body's stress response, trying to like help itself settle a little bit mm. because one of the, you know, fundamental pieces of the nervous system is the vagus nerve bundle, which runs from the spine or the spine, the brain, uh, down through the voice box in the throat area. And then it runs down through the body into all of the major organ systems. And so by sighing, by speaking, by making noise, by humming, by deep breath, we're, we're creating a vibration within that space and helping to um, uh, stimulate the vagus nerve. So we will sigh. So, you know, my partner, when I'm sighing, he knows something's going on and it might not always be a conscious thing. He'll say like, is everything Okay you just had a big sigh. And I'm like, it's nothing specifically. I'm not upset. I'm not mentally upset. I just, 
I'm feeling frazzled. I can feel my nervous system kind of starting to heighten. It's my body's response of trying to bring it down. So sighing is a big one. Yawning, same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Stretching as well. Like feeling this desire to like, oh, expand and off and discharge um, energy in the muscles through like, you know, when you stretch and you really like clench almost Mm -hmm. and you really tighten your muscles at the end of that stretch doing the same thing. It's starting to discharge some of the things living in the body system. Um, a desire to move around. Pets are a great example of that. After they've been in, like, I have two stressy dogs. And so I'm really learned, I've learned a lot about doggy nervous systems and they'll shake, they'll shake their heads when they're in the middle of a play to help bring themselves down. They'll Mm -hmm. yawn to help bring themselves down. They'll do a big stretch and kind of move around discharging some of those things in the body. So those would be, I would say some of the like physical ones over time. You can also notice a sensation of like hunger and thirst because we're moving into our rest and digest, right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, flight, flight, fight, flight, freeze response or our rest and digest response. As we allow our body to be more in that rest and digest, we're going to actually digest our food better. Um, I remember I did a meditation teacher training years and years and years ago, and I was starving the whole weekend because I was so in my rest and digest nervous system response for most of the weekend. I probably, knowing my time of life, you know, during that time, I was not a a stress-free person. So having a weekend of meditating and being all Zen, I could like, couldn't get enough food. I was so hungry. Mm -hmm. So that can also be another one bathroom having to you know like oh I gotta go to the bathroom all of a sudden moving things through your body Mm -hmm. um yeah are all things that can and yet like I said shaking too kind of moving getting up wanting to just like shake it off a little bit that's where the invitation of what does your body want to do right now just let it do it Mm -hmm. it wants to like flail its arm around like wacky waving inflatable arm man then flail away do that yeah (laughs) attend to your shoulder joints but you know flail (laughs) away Right. Okay. I like this. And so then the same thing I'm assuming would apply for non-triggered stresses that we carry in the body, because I noticed that for myself, I've taken on a deeper, more purposeful stretching daily, three times a day. I stretch now because I just would kind of bypass it unless I had to, which leads to injuries in my body. So as I have been purposefully stretching, Uh, more specifically in the hip area for me, I have been noticing almost like dormant emotions that have been trapped in that area that I I didn't really pay attention to. I was kind of like, ah, whatever. I don't really know what that is. I just don't like stretching this area. It doesn't feel good. So then I wouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. But as I kind of have to now, I'm realizing the surfacing of these stored emotions and what is locked in there. So I say this because we can carry and store these emotions for years Mm -hmm. in parts of our bodies as well. But I have noticed the same principles of what to do with it. What do I feel? Which way do I want to move now in this stretch? Like standard stretch practice would tell me to lean forward, hold for 30 and so on and so forth. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want to move forward and then slightly to the left. Yeah, right there. And what do I feel in there? Or like, Mm -hmm. it can be a real intuitive practice Mm -hmm. that is releasing the stored emotions. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. You'll hear, you know, anybody who practices or, you know, goes to yoga classes regularly, anytime there's an, and being a yoga facilitator myself for many years, I didn't really know why I was saying this, but <laughs> we just said it, um, was, oh, when we're doing hip openers, a lot of times you'll have an emotional release and that's normal. We hold a lot of emotion and such in the hips. Well, yes, that's true. I mean, if you think about the chakra system, you know, the root chakra, the sacral chakra are related to so many aspects of self, the root being our safety. And even when we think about it from a body systems perspective, it's like, okay, if you're in a fight, flight, freeze response, your safety is threatened. The lower half of your body plays a big role in what you're doing to keep yourself safe if there's a bear that's going to eat you. So when we have a, I don't feel safe in this moment. And that can be physically, can be emotionally. It can be, you just feel vulnerable. Maybe it's not something that somebody's done to you, but it's just your own internal uh, belief systems or things that have been kind of imparted on you over years of living this human life. I might not feel safe in this moment. And then I don't allow myself to process it. The, the, the nervous system response is sending messengers to that part of the body saying, get out of the situation, get out of the situation, do something, you're not safe. When we don't allow that process to complete itself, those emotions, those chemical messengers get stuck and live in those places in the body. What's so beautiful is that this was known for centuries through the chakra mm -hmm. system and the understandings of that, right? Before we knew about the nervous system and all those things. So these understandings have been around for centuries it's not new it's just being put in a different lens through you know traditional western world science and so when we move those places slowly and with intention it's why for me no no wrong doing it and if you love it but I never loved fast yoga practices because I just felt like I couldn't get into my body enough it was more about the quickness and the, the fitness side of it than it was feeling what's happening in my body in those different places. So when we, you know, do a hip opener or a thing like that, there is more potential for you to be hitting, you know, pieces of stored experiences, incomplete um, emotional responses that we might not know what they're from. You might just have a cry <laughs> doing a hip opener, mm -hmm. or you might just feel a huge wave of sadness. And it's the same process. Support yourself hold yourself through it? How can you create comfort in experiencing knowing that there's a common rhetoric of an emotion only lasts 90 seconds. And most people are like, uh, says who <laughs> the, you know, hour long cry I had last night says otherwise, right? When the brain is fueling that story, it's going to last a lot longer. When you can really truly be with the sensations without the meaning, without the stories that your brain is going to tell you about whatever you're feeling, it does pass a lot quicker, not always 90 seconds, because, you know, our brains will mm -hmm. try and kick in and we'll have to kind of reconnect with it. But now having practiced this stuff for quite some time, I can move through things, intense emotions pretty quick. When my dog passed away, I was heartbroken. And then I would like really deeply hold space for my grief. And then I'd like come out of it. And then I'd go and grief surf and go through my phone and look at more pictures of him and start crying again, <laughs> do mm -hmm. the, you know, do the process all over again. So um, on that note, there's also something called sensory motor amnesia, where when we have chronic pain, when we have, um, it, it could be injury, it could be emotional, 
It could be just the way that we like hold our bodies. If we always like hold our purse on our right shoulder and then, you know, our shoulder sits up near our earlobe, we can start to create a disconnect from those muscles and those places in the body. And it actually can show up on brain scans as like blurry little spots. And so we can do things through somatics to help refacilitate the connection of those pieces that can have, I was doing one on the weekend. It was like a psoas thing. And I just like burst into tears. Next day I did the exact same thing. Not a problem. Mm, all good. Yeah. So it's not always going to be the same. You're going to get to different layers um, and it might not always make sense. And yeah. I think we also have to be okay with that too, which can yeah. be hard, but that's where it's, if we can be with the sensation, that's where you can start to find a lot of relief. Right. Beautiful. Well, this has been so enlightening and so yeah. practical for everything yes. that spirit's been bringing through about the emotional intelligence and the body and the intuition and the perspectives, like all of the things, but this really brings it into 3d tangible information that we can then choose to utilize and do stuff with so Mm -hmm. yeah I can't thank you enough for all these insights yeah I want to say too to kind of bring it back to like the spirit side of things is that it's easy I know even in when I you know first started connecting regularly to spirit I always just wanted to be up in the spirit realms I just always wanted to be in the clouds And, you know, oftentimes we'll talk about like, you need to feel grounded and you need to be connected to earth and connected to all things, but you also have to be connected to your body. Cause you know, in readings, one of the most common things that comes up is like, how do I connect to my intuition more? And one of, I think the hardest things about connecting to your intuition is being able to decipher what is my brain and what is a spirit piece and energy unknowing, because a lot of times, unless you're seeing a dead person standing, you know, in your mind's eye, it sounds like your voice, especially in the early stages, right? It, mm-hmm. it can sound like you. And so then the question becomes, was well, it my brain or is it spirit? Or am I just making things up? Am I crazy? Like, what is that? And I think if you can start to decipher what is actually coming from you, I try to not listen to my brain that much anymore. Like it's great for the knowledge that we need and the, you know, things that we need to do in our day to day, but it's not this like be all end all <laughs> wisdom keeper. Um, it's really good at keeping itself stuck. It likes to stay in what it knows. And if what it knows is stress and trauma and triggers and all these things, and it's probably going to try and edge us back there as many times as we can, or as, mu- as much as it can. So if you're able to kind of connect in with your body and get that felt sense, you know, your body is the holder of your spirit. And so for me, those two are way more intrinsically linked than our brain and our spirit, Mm -hmm. because the brain has all sorts of filters. Whereas I don't feel that the body really lies. It can not feel good and it can, but that's usually a messenger of Mm -hmm. something is happening here. So for me, in my own spiritual evolution and in the way in which I connect to spirit, it's through my body now more and through a calmer nervous system versus my brain, because my mm-hmm. brain is just way more influenceable than yeah. anything else. Yeah. What a great point. Beautiful point to kind of wrap it all up. That's yeah. yeah. What a great, great statement. 
Um, okay, well, this has been amazing, enlightening. Thank you so, so much for sharing all these insights on the show. And like I said, I will connect that somatic practice that you did on SET mm-hmm. at the end of this video. Should probably be popping up soon if you're watching it. If you are listening to this, I will put it in the show notes at the bottom of the podcast. So thank you again, Elise. And thank you everyone so much for checking out the show today. And I will be back again next week. 